And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6. Carson was top rookie, I'm saying it now Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard Gang green, it's no other way So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date You heard? <laughs> hey Jay, I, I see you player She Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined not by Jay King, but by an even better guest, a very <laughs> special guest. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a writer and the co-executive producer of Desus and Miro. He's the host of the Make My Day podcast. He's a Dunkin' Donuts aficionado, and he's a son of New England. Josh Gondelman has joined us here on Anything is Potable. Thank you, Josh, for uh, taking some time out of your day to come on and talk Celtics. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. I love to talk Celtics. Uh, I'm in – well, actually, I'm in several individual chats that I keep considering uh, consolidating into, like, a group text. But I kind of like having six identical side-by-side text threads every game night. <laughs> so is that just anytime Marcus Smart, like, takes a charge, you fire off six different yeah. texts to six different people? Yeah, it's it's a lot of, like, that. It's a lot of, like, I have one that's just over and back and forth, like, wow, Tatum is so smooth uh, with that footwork. <laughs> just, like, very, yeah, similar beats. But it, it makes me happy to have, look, we're, we're in a pandemic. I'll take the dopamine from the six different text message threads. So I've been in a couple of chats like that, but I also am part of a weird self Celtics Twitter group chat that has 80 people in it, which Whoa. is very overwhelming sometimes. That is, you can just throw in and um, kind of make your comments and retreat. But that's it's fun to watch that chat during a very exciting game. I love it. I I um I enjoy the the Celtics Twitter. Oh, it's it's very bizarre. It's very weird. It's somewhat communist, which I can get on board with. Um, but it's uh, fantastic. Now, if anyone questions Josh's Celtics fan bona fides. He has a Marcus Smart jersey hanging in his office, or did at one point. Uh, we saw when uh, your bosses, Jesus and Mero, returned to the office after the pandemic. 
They attempted to burn the Marcus Smart jersey. Uh, can you give us any update on uh, the safety of uh, our dear Marcus Smart? The jersey survived. The jersey survived my Nick fan bosses taking uh, a Bic lighter to it. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy. It's a, I really wanted it for the playoffs. Um, I wish I had it at home, but like I wasn't going to go into the the office has been mostly closed and i wasn't going to go in just to retrieve the the jersey which is like (laughs) substantially larger i think it's a 2xl so it's like larger than i would wear because i got it to put up on the wall by my desk and so i wasn't just going to be swimming in this jersey like (laughs) oh excuse me i have to can you let me up to the i know it's locked but i really need it's like for for luck you know how that works sports come on i need it yeah Yeah. i'm actually wearing a uh, marcus smart dunkin donuts jersey right now that is uh, highly illegal i'm sure that it got taken down for counterfeit purposes but uh, i knew you were a big dog and donuts fan you've rocked some very nice dunkin donuts gear uh i'm just i'm just in awe of your ability to pull pull off the those uh the dunkin donuts fashion oh thank you i've got the um the sneakers that they did with Saucony a few years ago because a friend of mine who was working with Saucony uh, at the time hooked me up, which is great. They do, they would do a, a collaboration around the Boston marathon and they're oh, like sweet. the most comfortable running shoes I've ever worn. Not that I run, but they're comfortable <laughs> to go slow too. They're good for walking and, and standing still sitting. They're good for all that. Um, and then I got the, when they did like the merch drop at the end of last year, I got the, uh, the robe, the bathrobe. Cause I didn't have a bathrobe and was like, well, this is, it's so silly looking but I'm not going to wear it. It's out. a bathrobe. Yeah. yeah. So I might as well, if you're going to have one item of clothing, that's like kind of flamboyantly goofy, why not a bathrobe? It's just like for your own amusement inside the house. And to go with Marcus smart, a big fan of bathrobes. It kind of, it adds exactly. to it all. They're, they're, I'm, I'm not on his level with the like Versace that he'll wear to <laughs> press conferences and stuff, but it is kind of an homage. Now, what is your, you say you're a year round iced coffee drinker. What is your go-to Dunks order? It's changed a little bit in the past year. Cause I, I, you, when I get Dunks, it's more, a little bit more of a treat. Usually it is medium iced coffee, uh, whole milk, one pump of the liquid cane sugar. So, uh, and the, and then sometimes I'll go large iced coffee, whole milk, one pump of the cane sugar, but I've added as like a treat because I don't go out that much. So when I go, I use the app and then I'll go pick it up and and I'll add a a flavor shot of the sugar-free toasted almond. Ooh, I've never tried the toasted almond. I I go exclusively pumps of caramel, depending on size, and then I go no milk because I feel like that is adding creaming enough. I don't think that makes much sense. I don't think caramel sugar sauce counts as creamer, (laughs) but in my brain, it kind of changes the complexion of the iced coffee. No, I totally know what you mean. Like any, it's like a very delicate chemistry, especially because the coffee is like a little, um, it's like a lighter flavor than some other chains. So like anything you add is going to, it's like very, uh, you know, it makes a difference. It throws, it throws up a delicate balance. <laughs> I think it's, it's a real ecosystem in there and you want to get it the way you like it the best. And then the fun thing about Dunkin' Donuts is you can order the same thing at many different Dunkin' Donuts and you don't know what you're going to get. It's a, it's, it's a nice surprise. It's variety. You don't have to do anything different, but you still get the variety, which is very exciting. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going for. I'm shocked. We have made it five, almost six minutes into this podcast. We are both sons of New England and we haven't talked about Tom Brady, kid. Winning his seventh Super Bowl. 
Are you kidding me right now? Seventh Super Bowl. That's I had very complicated feelings about it. I was watching and was like, I also had my friend did like a little pool where you had to pick answers to 20, you know, like over unders and stuff. And so I had a little money on it, which like it was just 20 bucks, but it changed my rooting interest and gave me something to know to root for. Where it's like, okay, as long as Leonard Fournette scores the last touchdown in this game, which he did miraculously. That's a very specific uh, question. Yeah, it was like, who will score? What team will score last? Who will score the last touch? They're very, very particular. And so uh, I was like rooting for specific things, but like Brady winning the seventh is like, he's now won more than any team, which is hurtful. That's hurtful to me. (laughs) It's wild. And I'm of differing opinions because it's like it would be nice if he was still on the patriots but he's brought me so much joy gronk watching gronk dance after he scored a touchdown is just like brought me back and so uh yeah it would be nice if they were still on the patriots i've kind of drifted away from football i've got as i've gotten more into the nba and so um definitely had some mixed feelings but my uh my girlfriend who's a has moved to new england is just all out anti Tom Brady because I don't think she likes the success. And so that kind of just, you know, because you naturally want to fight with your significant other, just put me back in the Tom Brady camp for this game. And so it was nice being able to be like, that's that's what New England does, even though we had nothing to do with that that, that football Truly. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we it was that's like our it's like when someone grows up in your hometown and even though they even if they haven't lived there for like 30 years you still claim them, and that's how i feel um that but I, I you know like you said kind of drifting away from football i feel like just politically and with the with the the way the injuries and happen with players it just feels so um fraught especially with like craft and you know belichick wrote that handwritten letter when trump was running the first time and then later uh rejected the presidential medal of uh, yeah football or whatever it is that trump was trying to give him and so there is like a political aspect where it like just doesn't line up and i i don't expect everyone to have exactly the same beliefs design but like kind of the top line figures in that organization being so aligned with that administration. I was like, Ooh. And so we did the last few years, especially when the Patriots were in for three years in a row, we did a, a friend of my friend, Emma Sando and I did a charity drive. So like for every touchdown, the Patriots scored, um, we would, or field goal or, you know, any play really, you could pledge like, a, a like a carbon offset, like <laughs> for, <laughs> um, you know, to a, to a, a cause of your choice. And it was like a, we did like a little hashtag, a good game. And, and people really, people were really nice about it and got on board, which was really fun. Yeah. I saw that. It's definitely something that's been cool the past couple of years, as I've seen uh, all the pictures on my timeline this morning of the, the MAGA hat in Tom Brady's locker. Wow. It, it's good that there are um, some people like you in the world uh, <laughs> contributing, doing a good game. I think you saw it was, it was $300 for uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I ended up. I um I probably should have gone a little bigger. I just was expecting such a high-scoring game. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll go 25 for field goals, 50 for touchdowns. And then the, the Chiefs just couldn't get anything done. No, it seemed like uh, no one told me. So I'm so drifted from football. No one told me that they lost like their main offensive lineman and that they like would have a terrible offensive line. I feel like yeah. that's pretty important. Yep. in football i was um, not i was not uh attuned i wasn't i like did one quick google of like is anyone injured injured and i missed the the offensive line because the offensive line they get so little respect <laughs> yeah and it turns out they're pretty important for uh, everything the chiefs do yeah. now 
you might have to extend your the a good game hashtag to the NBA, which is unfortunate because the league just came out and said recently that they are going to play an all-star game in the first week of March in Atlanta, which feels like a bad idea in a global pandemic. And I'm of two minds where I'm like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are having two of the most amazing seasons ever. I want to see them thrive. I want to see them get the shine in the all-star game. But then also it just seems like a terrible, terrible idea. I, it just, I mean, I guess I listened to, to you and Jay talk about this last week on the podcast. And I think I agree with like, look, you're having a season already. It's, like that's so dicey but it also seems like okay but if you're doing this do it the most carefully that you can like i think like uh, the bubble was so effective obviously you can't do a whole season that way but it really feels like now they're just like well we tried it and it worked so we won and we're not going to do it again but i do i I wonder if there's a way to like do an do the all-star teams more, excuse me more like the all nba teams at the end of the year right like have it be a, a this year just be like an honorific like, uh, oh, uh, good day, you're all star. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because well, that those things actually matter because they're like built into contracts. I think Jalen Brown gets an extra million dollars mm-hmm. if he gets named an all star. The thing that's like I thought about it more since talking with Jay is that it just doesn't like they're having it in Atlanta, which we saw, I think, last weekend. They have fans in the stick court. They had yeah. a woman yelling at LeBron James courtside. <laughs> like there's just not it doesn't seem like it's a good idea. I mean, it makes sense that they're going to try to do it it doesn't really make sense they're trying to make more money like turner broadcasting tnt is going to do it but it's kind of bizarre to see lebron james and Giannis and james harden all the kind of stars come out and say we don't want to do this at all and so i and i feel like just like as a you know as a personal uh inclination i'm almost always gonna side with the 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 labor force here right if they're like this makes us feel unsafe and bad and and i would extend that to if it was uh stadium employees you know what i mean like if the people that are that are doing these jobs feel like it is uh unsafe for them to be put in this situation then it's like well then then we shouldn't be be doing it yeah it's gonna be interesting to see if players like they might be getting named all-stars and then might not go play mm-hmm. the game it's you and that's those phantom all-star break injuries or it's like oh yeah um lebron's been texting too much his thumbs are sore so <laughs> he's gonna sit this one out like what you know sometimes you get those like oh yeah um uh Kyrie is just he's he's been sleepy this week so lower lower left body injury is just really plaguing yeah. guys right now yeah. it's gonna be interesting because last year I can't even remember back farther that all-star game, but there's still some conspiracy theorists out there who think Nick nurse played Kemba too long. And then that was the downfall for his knee issues. And so I think the Celtics need to use all the precautions in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is it's like Jalen Brown, he deserves to be an all-star. He's been yeah. playing amazing this season. And it's just, you want to like celebrate him and it's really cool for him to be able to have that moment. And you, like, I imagine that if you've grown up playing basketball, like, playing in your first all-star game has got to be like one of the most exciting things that you can do. And so I don't know, the Celtics players haven't really been asked directly about that. Um, I blame Jay for being a bad reporter. I'm not asking those <laughs> things, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, to see what their reactions are, because I would assume like Jalen Brown probably wants to play in that game. He's from yeah. Atlanta. Like that's probably something he wants to do. 
it's just a difficult situation. I just don't know where to where to come down. But I I'm I'm with you. I support the players on this one. Yeah, agreed. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um, my uh, yeah, and as much as Jalen Brown would want to be want to play in an All Star game, right? I, you have to feel like he's a 24 year old ascendant star in the league. Uh, you'd imagine that he would take the honor the million dollars and then bet on himself to be able to play in future all-star games right like i don't i think if you ask jalen brown he wouldn't go like i've peaked and i'm over so i yeah. have to play in this one. <laughs> he especially seems someone who has a long-term vision and isn't gonna um eat the marshmallow uh in this example <laughs> right exactly now you are known on twitter for giving pep talks and giving advice and i think um the collective Celtics fans out there, I'm going to say that the vibes have been a little fucked this season. They've been, a, mm-hmm. people have been uh, more upset uh, with number of losses, more just like angry online um, after close games, just demanding trades. People have been, been demanding trades for years. Celtics fans love trades. I mean, every fan loves trades, but it just seems it's like taken a little bit of a darker tone. And so I'm someone who likes to preach Sports positivity. Sports are supposed to be fun. Um, we, we have no control over them, so it doesn't really make sense to get that upset about it. But I was right. hoping me and you could kind of just speak to the collective zeitgeist of Celtics fans out there and just hopefully get them to relax a little bit. It's just it's early in the season. Let's let's have a good time with this. It's early in the season. I think that's big. And they've they're three best players. Let's say they're four best players have only have played so few games together i think the and and it also really seems like with kemba missing a lot of time up front and not playing back-to-backs with tatum missing the time for the covid protocol um with jalen missing the last couple games marcus smart missing a couple weeks that there's no way like people are criticizing brad stevens rotation which like obviously not he's not beyond criticism but you there's only so much you can do to fix these you know, to set a rotation when you're missing your premier players that are going to be playing 30 plus minutes a game. And it's been impressive what they've been able to do without like having their main guys in the lineup like that win against the Clippers on Friday night without Jalen Brown. It was a game they had no business winning. And great, they, great they had a tremendous job. Jason Tatum is you, you used the word smooth to describe his footwork earlier. His game is so ridiculously smooth. I think, I don't know if it's gotten smoother this year, but I'd like to think so, but it just feels like he does things with such ease that it's just been very impressive what they've been able to do with all the injuries this year. And I'm just been amazed by Jason Tatum. I think Jalen Brown got a lot of the attention earlier in the year because of his uh, growth, but it seems like Jason Tatum is continuing to get better as well. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the the 27 points or whatever he's averaging are not they're not like, you know, they you say the you often hear about the the guy that puts up 27 empty points, which he does not do like he's he's now distributing better. I I think that's my other point of real optimism is uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are facilitating and distributing at such a higher level than I've ever and more consistently than I've seen in in their career so far. And it's just like great to see. I I think it's like really wonderful to watch and and they're two way players. So like really um, he Tatum is playing so smooth on offense. Uh, 
hit, not getting to the free throw line that much, but still taking it to the basket. Like he has such great footwork and like arm work. I don't know of any other players who feel like they're doing more like with arm angles and extension yeah. uh, on these kind of like up and unders. Uh, so it's just like really exciting to watch his like repertoire of offense grow as a scorer and a playmaker. And if he can ever get to the free throw line consistently, it's like, it feels like it's he's enters the MVP discussion. If I don't know what the issue is, but it feels like every single time he goes for a layup and it doesn't, even sometimes when it does go in, he's yelling at the refs. Him and the refs do not have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. I would describe it as apprehensive. And I don't know why, necessarily he doesn't get the foul calls maybe i like i've seen some people say oh he was kind of had a slighter frame earlier in his career so he learned how to avoid contact but if he can ever kind of get to the line consistently it feels like he's going to score 30 points a game easily yeah i i totally agree and he shoots well from the line and it like he's been going so little right like below his career average it feels like but i'm also like what i'm like one of those a hometown guys where I'll be watching and they're like, are you kidding me? He got hit on that. Like I'm like full uh, Tommy Heinsohn truth or rest in peace. Like when I'm just like always like he, Jason Tatum's always getting fouled. Daniel Tice is never committing fouls. Oh and my. Here otherwise. The war on Tice knows no ends. It's just, it's gross. It's ugly. Um, and it's just, I won't stand for it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it also extends to Kemba Walker. And that's the one thing where if I'm going to be join the crowd of, Uh, concerned masses is Kemba Walker being a little bit inconsistent since he's returned. And I don't know why he's missing shots. I feel like I've seen him have like a lot of bounce when he comes back and it looks like he's all there athletically and he has a great game against the Clippers. And then against the Suns, he shoots four for 20 and I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I don't know if like his mechanics are off or like, Oh, that's, he missed 16 shots because his knee was bad. I just, kind of have faith in Kemba to return to being Kemba, but I don't know. We just, it's kind of an unknown and it's another thing that's like, you just kind of hope he gets it back and you keep playing him. Cause I don't know what else the Celtics can do. Yeah. They don't have a lot of other options. And I, I, I believe in Kemba like I, that. He looked so good in that Clippers game with, and, and looked good, not just in that he was like draining shots, but he was hitting Kemba shots, which was like, you know, getting the guy, uh, getting the defender back on his heels, stopping on a dime, hitting from 12 feet, 15 feet, looking effortless. Right. And, and, and the Clippers game was the first game where I really saw him use that move several times and like hit basically the, the clinching basket right before before his free throws. And it's like that, that guy's still there. And so hopefully it'll just be like reps hopefully it's shaking off the rust again i'm an eternal optimist so i'm like you know he's only played eight games and like he's just not in a rhythm yet and and he's like historically uh, before before last season into this season very uh, a player who's you know very resilient physically very consistent so hopefully that this just irons out and like when you know, if Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are playing in that game, he doesn't have to take 20 shots if his shot isn't there. The one thing I'm con- might slightly concerned about Kemba is that he used to be the guy. And so I'm concerned of like, if he's so focused on getting Jalen the ball and getting Jason the ball, which seems should be the priority of the team, is he able to kind of get in the rhythm and can he adjust to kind of just being like picking his spots and having those moments? Cause he's used to probably taking upwards of 20 shots a game and sure scoring 40 points against the Celtics in the fourth quarter, like he used to do in Charlotte. And he's like 
I call him Smiles Magoo because like he is just like the happiest go lucky. Like he's just always like wonderful in terms of his vibe on the court. But I don't know if he's like it's messed up with his rhythm or his ability to kind of get comfortable. And then I think uh, like he didn't have a, a, a real off season. He didn't really get to practice with this team. He was recovering from the knee injury the entire time. And so I have to remind myself, I have to take a step back, be kind of embrace that sports positivity and say, we got four more months of the season before uh, everything really matters. And uh, you know what guys have the potential to change. There is a uh, people will get in their rhythm. People will get more comfortable and, uh, I'm like you. I'm I'm optimistic about Kemba. I just hope that the team can do more to kind of to get him going without taking away from Jalen Jason. Yeah, I I agree. I and hopefully when the the rotations are more stable, you'll see like he's playing with players that he knows their tendencies and knows where to pick his spots and you know when he can hit a guy uh, with a pass that'll set him up to succeed and when it's like okay time for Kemba to to bomb or take it to the rim and. Uh, the one thing that's concerned me in the last couple of games, and this is just like real, uh, you know, amateur hour analysis, but he looks like he's getting swallowed up at the rim. And again, not getting calls in a way where I'm like, he must be getting fouled. That's not a shot that you take. That's not like an NBA player of his caliber doesn't get like just devoured at the rim that many times in in the the sun's game specifically yeah and you don't know if that's like does he has he lost a step is he just like a little too ambitious here but you're right his finishing at the rim certainly has gone down from where i think we expected it but i hope it gets better i think that a lot of the thing is like you got to give he is a small man i've i've gone to the locker room i've stayed next to him he's no taller than five foot nine and so i imagine he needs as much space as possible that's why i think him playing with daniel tice is pretty important just because that provides as much spacing as possible. But you're right. His finishing around the rim has not been kind of up to Kemba quality, but I do think it's, it's something that can kind of come back. I think agreed. we're very reactionary as, as Celtics fans. I spent last Tuesday's podcast um, just talking about how bad Tristan Thompson was and how disappointing he was. And then he goes out on the West coast trip and basically has his best four games as a Celtic uh, averaging, I think over those four games, 11 rebounds and nine po- or 11 points, nine rebounds, like a double, double off the bench. These guys have the potential for change. And I think we're, we're all victims of the moment. And it was just nice to see Tristan Thompson kind of come back and, you know, be the guy who is kind of advertised. I, he was, he came in and was very hyped. And he was going to be the energy guy off the bench. And it seems like he's kind of getting into that role. And it just goes back to, he didn't have an off uh, off season to practice with these guys either. He had a bad hamstring. And so um, I'm hoping like every, all the signs are there that as the season progresses and the team gets healthy, hopefully stays healthy and kind of can gel together. Like they could be a pretty solid basketball team. And I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of the season. Like when everybody is healthy and hopefully playing at their best. Uh, I I think it's going to be like exciting to watch them figure it out i don't think you know i i think norm the last few years with the exception of two years ago the the early out to the box in that bad playoff series i feel like they've built and gotten stronger as the season has gone on together um you know whether it was the year Kyrie missed the playoffs and the kind of rogier tatum brown smart team went to the uh took it to the eastern conference finals or whether just last year with with hayward hurt uh beating the Raptors and like, I think just seeing how the team comes together is really exciting for you. And then like watching, I agree watching Tristan, just like it's one thing 
that they haven't had too many guys to do to do this in the last couple of years is just like beast on dudes down low and, and he can do that and like i felt like watching ennis Cantor do it last year <laughs> was like the first time i'd seen a celtics player really like live like that in a while just be like i'm just gonna take you two feet from the basket and then be tall and you know have touch and put the ball in or like get an offensive rebound put it back up and i think like thompson brings a lot of that to, that I was kind of sad. I know, like, you know, Cantor got it from the fans pretty bad last year, but like, that is a super valuable set of skills. And, and it was, I loved watching him play on uh, on that end of the floor. And the great thing about having Thompson over Cantor is that you, it's not a, a complete minus on the defensive end. And a lot of Cantor's uh, greatness came after he missed some putbacks and would get his own rebound. He was great at getting his own rebound, but it's nice to see Tristan Thompson kind of uh, contributing on that end and being a, a two-way player. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Now, the other, I think, big news from the past couple of games um, was the return of Fast PP, Peyton Pritchard, who is just a delightful little ball of energy. And I think they're um, – I saw I, – I forget whose tweet this was, but it was uh, for the Boston Celtics – uh, to draft a guy that looks like that and for him to be that good is just a uh, great comedy. And I'm just a huge fast PP fan. And I've just learned to uh, embrace um, uh, just loving the gritty little white point guard. Like, I think that's, that's just like, you, you can't, you, it's what the situation is and you just have to lean into it. Like edit him into a good, the goodwill hunting scenes over Casey Affleck, he, like ensconce him in the <laughs> It is very funny. It's like such a, it like exactly built for like Boston fan favorite being like you said, a scrappy white point guard. Um, but he, I, I'm so happy that he's back and playing well. I think like he, it seems like he's even a little more consistent with his shot than like Jeff Teague has been so far this season. And uh, and as a rookie, I think that that's really great. I, I think like watching the shooting, I not to not to tip the potable six pack, but watching the shooting from the guys like one through three off the bench, the kind of three point shooting where like Grant Williams is finding it from the corners and um, Pritchard is just like bombing from like 28 feet. Uh, I think like that's that's very encouraging to me. Him, him making threes was pretty much the only reason the Celtics had a chance in that Suns game on Sunday. Um, and his willingness to shoot and his uh, floor spacing was uh, fantastic. And I just think his defensive energy is something they're definitely going to need while Marcus Smart is out. Uh, yeah. It's and kind of – oh, go ahead. I was going to say I love that they have two guys with – you know, he doesn't have Marcus Smart – skills yet on, on defense but i think he has marcus smart he's got smart heart and i love seeing two guys that are just like oh if i see not only am i playing fundamentally sound defense but i think if a guy is is loose with the handle i'm gonna try to rip it from him like just that that like defensive opportunism and aggression uh i love i love seeing that that's so fun and exciting and like because I, I think like, especially now before they have the full complement of players, like those points off of turnovers and like that defensive pressure is going to really mean a lot for them. Especially because it feels like ball pressure has been something that has uh, been an issue for the Celtics this year. 
And it's got to be so annoying to be like picked up full court. Like if I'm an opposing point guard and I'm seeing Peyton Pritchard with his fresh lineup and just like hounding me for the entire court, like no one wants to do that. That's I've played pickup against guys who do that. It's not fun. It's and it's like the perfect thing is like I like that guy on my team. Uh, If he was on any other team, I would hate him. It's from the like (laughs) Kyle Lowry school of like guys you hate to play against, and I think that's such a um, I think that's such a wonderful uh like guy to have on your team and and marcus smart is like the king of that like uh, people who fans of other teams hate playing against marcus smart which is another reason to love marcus smart and hopefully pritchard turns into a guy like that i i have to agree if he can do anything like marcus smart if we can love him and trust him as much as we do marcus smart (laughs) he will have succeeded in boston you mentioned it and now it is time for the world famous potable six-pack which is brought to you by our good friends at Night Shift IP or Night Shift Brewing, uh, Josh, have you ever had uh, the pleasure of sipping on a Santilli IPA? I've not. Oh well, let me tell you about it. It is a fantastic, crazy delicious beer. It has crisp, big grapefruit and pine flavors, and it's made by the local Night Shift Brewery over in Everett. Um, it was voted uh, their favorite beer by uh, their fans. They made a bunch of different IPAs, and they voted for the Santilli, and so. If for anything is potable listeners out there, if they want to enjoy the Santilli IPA, enjoy uh, and support a local brewery like Night Shift, uh, you can go to nsbeer.co slash beer finder and that will, uh, you can put in your zip code and I'll tell you a nearby store that carries it. They also have been doing shipping um, and delivery during the pandemic. And so uh, I think if this only applies if you're in the Boston area, but you can get Night Shift delivered right to your front door uh, and enjoy a Santilli or any other beer from Night Shift um, and be a, join us on Anything is Potable. Now, it's time for the Potable Six Pack. Josh, and you are the guest. We do this snake draft style. Um, and as you are the guest, I will give you the first pick. And so this is the six things that are most important to you that have happened in the past, I guess, since Friday. And it can be in Celtics land, but if you want to talk about a Super Bowl commercial, that's uh, okay with me. <laughs> I I am like so reluctant to shout out Super Bowl commercials because it makes me feel like I was tricked. But uh, before I get into my for real number one, I will say the the I'm not going to say the brand, but there's a commercial with a the central feature was a hoodie with Jason Alexander's face on it. Oh, and yeah. That one really got me. I was like, that is like a fun piece of writing in service of this brand. And it, it didn't feel like too cloying to me. My number one for real. I, uh, but before I go, I just want to say that commercial was great because they tricked you uh, for having the Believe It or Not song playing yep. in the background. Yep. And it's like, I was like, oh, it's just another Jason Alexander commercial. But then I heard the song and I was like, oh, they're yep. they're cooking with gas here. They're really they doing some things. Yeah. yeah, very fun. Um, my first one is, as I said, I, I mentioned this earlier, the return of uh, Kemba Walker's stop and start game i think kemba uh put you know getting his his different crossing over a defender getting him with backward momentum stopping hitting from mid-range is uh great um i it's it's like a great sign for his health and it's it's a, a joy i like any player with a finishing move and so i love to see kemba doing that i think it's like just any any NBA player that has a signature move like that, I think is so exciting and fun. And, and I love to see him bringing that back out and seeming to do it like with the same kind of precision and skill from before he was hurt. 
And I think that's like one of the things he's best at in the league is stopping. Like you don't think of stopping as a like a, an elite athlete thing to do, but he can stop with the best of them. He is yeah. the ability to stop all momentum and just pull up. And you're right, especially in that Clippers game, he scored 24 points, um, was 9 of 19 from the field, but it really seemed like he was back. And that's something he talked about where he was a little concerned um, uh, maybe he was in his own head about stopping, but it it was a good sign to see him uh, be able to pull that off. And I think that's a great pick um, for the potable six pack. Thank you for it my does, first. Oh, it does sound almost like something George Costanza would say about his basketball game. Goes, Nobody <laughs> stops like me. You know? like, it is so important because otherwise you just, if you don't, if you don't stop, you just keep going. <laughs> I'm the best stopper. I don't do much else, but I stop. <laughs> It takes me a while to start. Oh, but baby, I stop. <laughs> Nobody stops like me. That's great. Oh, my. Oh, I'm going to have to re- regroup. Okay. Um, for my first pick, I think it's going to have to be the three-point shooting of Grant Williams. Uh, he's shooting 50% from the field or 50% from three now, which after starting over, I think, 24 to start his career – is just amazing. Uh, and I'm happy for Grant just because he's a wonderful, lovable nerd. But just from a basketball perspective, anytime Grant, Shemi, or Daniel Tice hits a three for this team, it's just gangbusters. I think those should count as four points. Uh, it's like that will create so much spacing for this team. And if they can have someone reliably hit three pointers, it seemed to be Shemi earlier in the season. And now it seems to be Grant. I no longer have like the the like the immediate fear that comes over you when uh, Grant and Shemi used to shoot threes, uh, and now it's like yes, knock that down. And him just having a great three point performance over the uh, he had big threes in both games. It's just a very welcome sight for Celtics fans. Agreed, uh, and and I I will say to piggyback off that because I already mentioned what I was going to say Pritchard's deep threes has I would call them eight mile away threes. <laughs> but um the I you're say, a, you are a professional comedy writer it's coming out in this segment <laughs> well i think jason um jason tatum calling him eight mile on instagram i think you know what this is my my next move um i will say my my next item on the potable six pack i'm gonna put in the, this is not since friday but pe- there's Celtics Twitter is all in for fast PP and I respect Celtics Twitter and would not dispute them. <laughs> but I do think his on the, on the books, on the record, Jason, Al- uh, Jason Alexander, Jason Tatum, <laughs> two vastly different men. Um, Jason Tatum called him eight mile in his Instagram stories. And I just think that's like such a funny, perfect on the record. Like he looks, he does have that look. There's that video of him. Like, what is he playing video games? Right. Kind of dancing. It just he has a very early aughts, Eminem fan feel and, and I think that's perfect so I'm gonna go just I I think we'll settle on a nickname by the end of the season if, if look if the, if Celtics Twitter says fast PP it's gonna be fast PP um they made they bullied national broadcasters into saying time lord so <laughs> I don't think it, it's you know I I respect that that force um but I do personally like uh eight mile I think it'd be great if Peyton Pritchard like got the bleached hair and wore the white t-shirt like uh, the the my name is video. Just he's probably too young for that. Like he just, he would never get that reference whatsoever. But if he could ever do that, I think it would be um, 
it'd be it would explode the internet. People it would go wild. And so I think that is a a great second pick as well. Um I'm struggling here to come up with another one because I'm all I'm thinking about is Super Bowl commercials and we won't name the brand, but I was most intrigued by the appearance of Shaggy Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, most specifically how bad Ashton Kutcher was at singing. And it was startling. He sang so badly that I can't believe they aired like, like when they, I can't imagine they booked him. I can't believe they booked him for this commercial knowing that he's saying he doesn't have to sing though. They could have just had Shaggy sing the lines and have him voice it. Like they didn't need his audio. There are also many shots where (laughs) it's the back of his head as he sings. So they could have dubbed someone else in. So he must've, it must've been this like Russell Crowe in Les Miserables (laughs) move where he's like, I take pride in my singing and it will be my voice ashton kutcher has final cut and they so i had one version that no i'm doing this again you're like can't we get bradley cooper and somebody like like get bradley cooper and lady gaga for this he pulled it off in a star is born and it, it worked out it was much better um then but i also just like the reappearance of shaggy and anytime you can get a, a shaggy based uh super bowl commercial i'm here for that Happy to see Shaggy. Uh, everyone should be happy to sh- see Shaggy. Whoa, that was a wild uh, turn <laughs> of phrase. Everyone should be happy to see Shaggy by the seashore. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you go for your uh, last pick as I try to scramble my notes to figure out a third one. Of course. My um, gosh, my last pick is. Oh, you know what? This is. Um, this 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 was so encouraging to me that uh, this I brought up earlier, but it's um in the Phoenix game on Sunday, uh, Tatum tried two lob passes to Biggs rolling, and he missed one to I think Time Lord, and then connected with Tice, who threw down a really nice alley oop on the pick and roll. And I'm just this is like a very me thing to say, but just you know. He's really trying and he was one of two on those. And I think that that's really promising because they, my, my, my dad is uh, shout out to my dad is like an, an old school dude who I think feels like the modern NBA reliance on three point shooting is aesthetically displeasing. And like, (laughs) it feels so the variance being so high, right. With just like percentages being, being what they are three point shooting versus like at the rim shooting. And so my, my one thing that I like always wish, and and I'm as a rank amateur, uh, wish they would just like put more pressure on the rim. And so I loved seeing that. And I love that it's not just Tatum taking the ball to the rim, you know, and, and, and either either finishing or, or getting fouled, but it's that he is looking for other people at the rim. And I think I thought that finish from Tice was really fun. That dunk from Tice was probably the most explosive, like one-handed dunk I've ever seen from the big German. And I'm a huge, I'm the one of the biggest Tice supporters there is. Me and Jay had a long running feud last year after he gave Daniel Tice a B plus for his season. I thought he deserved an A minus <laughs> at least, but that was an explosive um, play from Tice. It was a perfect pick and roll. And that's was a great play to call out because that it was, Daniel Tice is amazing. I can, I cannot say enough, enough great things about Daniel Tice, but I did not, expect uh explosive dunks vertical spacing from him he kind of filling the time lord role there that was uh, as high in the air as i've ever seen him 
Um, and I, and I love, I mean, that, that is one of the things that Robert Williams, the third brings to the game that I love to watch, like just his. And so it was fun to see, see Tice get up there too. Cause I just like love time Lord finishing those lobs. And I was like, oh, if Tice can do this too, the, just putting consistent pressure on the rim and, and, and having, I felt like for years, the, the, lobs to big men was like not a strength of <laughs> something the Celtics failed at. I can remember many a Terry Rozier lob yeah. attempt that just went off high off the backboard or into the crowd. So, yeah. and, and if, and if Tatum and, and Brown and smart throws them great. So if they have like three or four guys who can handle the ball and, and run pick and roll like that, like that the offense is so much more dangerous when you have to respect when, when when defenses are playing with that fear and not just like the the existing fear of Tatum kind of um, sliding to the hoop or shooting those like really uh, impressive like sidestep threes that he's like trademarked basically. He hit one against Devin Booker that he just had no business making with. It's like Devin Booker was in his face with a hand up and it's just like, oh, I'm six foot 11 and still growing and you're not going to be able to uh, slow me down. So that... Tatum's pretty impressive. That lob to Daniel Tice is an excellent pick. Uh, for my final pick in the potable six-pack, this actually is news that just came out today, but the Celtics released their injury report, and Romeo Langford is questionable. Woo! I am – look, I'm really rooting for Romeo Langford. I, like, really want – not just for my selfish enjoyment of the game, but he's had such a rough – first two seasons in the nba with injuries and when he gets on the court he he seems like he really is like has things to contribute as a defender potentially i mean people they really liked his shooting coming out of the draft and i'm like really hopeful especially because of how because right tyler hero went one spot ahead of him in the draft and then people were like what's this pick and so i just don't like he's just a guy like i i want the best for him as like a guy who has not caught a break in like two years after being drafted Yeah, in the bubble. He like came back from an injury and then hurt himself like within being on the court for six minutes. He's just a funny guy too. Uh, last year at the trade deadline, they were asked about, he was asked about, he just like, Oh, I forgot that I could get traded. And <laughs> he just has his like reputation. I mean, some people allege that he's high on marijuana. I'm not going to say that, but uh He's just a fun, goofy guy. I remember walking into the locker room at one point last year before the pandemic and his head was down and I was just like, is Romeo asleep? And no, he was just like watching anime on his phone. And this is like, that's just a great like 19 year old. He's he's super young. And so it's like a very exciting. uh, If he can give the Celtics anything at this point, it's going to be great because they really don't have a lot of guys on the wing and need basically Someone who does exactly what he does, which is guard multiple positions, be super athletic, and just uh, give them some depth. And so I'm excited for Romeo to come back and do something. I didn't, I didn't know when Romeo Day was coming, and so when I got the notification on my phone today that he's questionable, that was it was a delight. I love this news. I'm so excited. I also like I in the same way that I'm like no Celtics players ever committed a foul. Um, I'm like there's this thought of like. I mean, obviously there's the trade exemption that would be disappointing to never use, not to like get too much into to walking <laughs> trade talk, but like 
when they're like, oh, maybe like rehab his trade value, you know, a player like Langford, like get him playing a few good games and then you can flip him for someone else. Like, no, get him a few good games and be proud of him and, <laughs> and support him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that's like exactly it's like, why? No, we don't rehab his trade value. You rehab his self-esteem and send <laughs> value to a team. That's what we are doing. <laughs> And that's what I hope exactly what happens. He comes back and he just starts feeling great about himself and we all come together and support him. And he comes in and is exactly what this team needs as they deal with injuries, as they deal with players coming out, they need more depth. And they, uh, I'm hoping Romeo is the guy who can uh, do it for them. I they think they, I mean, I want to see him succeed. I want to see Aaron Neesmith succeed, yeah. uh, but it's just going to be very interesting to see i hope he gets a chance to play against utah i don't think they would list him as questionable um if not for him like being available against the jazz and so i'm excited to see him play against the jazz who uh, turned out to be one of the best teams in the nba this year and it's going to be a very exciting game uh when the celtics jalen brown should be back romeo is going to be back uh it's gonna be an exciting game tuesday night um against the jazz who for some reason are one of my least favorite teams in the league i've been um i, I well i mean n- no there was uh, not that this is all his fault, but Rudy <laughs> Gobert had a truly villainous moment last year. <laughs> and I feel like it's easy to feel, especially because we're still living in this world, the pandemic world, his, seeing him touch all the microphones is like so visceral to me still. And like, I don't think he's a bad guy, but that moment I'm just, it's like, so it was like a, the horror movie preview <laughs> for the year plus or you know well almost a year that that we've been living in and not to blame him but he just feels so present in this year and i i've been like ruining my um just my days by staying up to watch the west coast games it's been tough on the, the psyche i've had to fit like the worst part to me i've been able to stay up but it's like filling my time from seven to ten mm-hmm. where it's like i've been awake for so long what do i do now i've been doing more yo i think i've like been doing well i've been doing more yoga like i've been but it's been tough waking up and i'm glad the west coast trip is coming to an end uh, when it is because i don't think i could do this yeah i couldn't keep doing it my my wife goes to bed or you know soon after the game starts and i'll say i'm gonna stay up and watch at least the first half and then because of how a couple of the games have ended i mean obviously phoenix was in the middle of the day but the way that um Gosh, what was the first law? It was uh, Sacramento. The way that game ended, I stayed up to watch the whole thing. I just like got into bed at 1240 and couldn't <laughs> sleep because I was so mad. <laughs> was not at anyone specifically, but just like, I stayed up for this and they didn't, <laughs> they didn't win. And now I'm like sitting in this loss and like, I've got to get up for work in the morning. <laughs> and I just felt so like mad at myself. Like I should have known this is one of the two ways a game can end. And, and I <laughs> well, should games against Sacramento. I should have known this. Yeah. 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 But on the other hand, I was so happy after the wins against uh, the Clippers and the, and the Warriors even who've been playing well. So it was like, it felt rewarding psychologically to stay up late and be like look at them closing close games and beating quality opponents on the road uh but yeah then the next day i'm just like uh just garbage in the morning <laughs> when i wake up but notice to all the fans out there josh was angry uh after a loss and he didn't attack anyone on the internet he just uh, <laughs> internalized it turned it on himself which yes. we probably don't want to just all internalize those negative feelings but you don't need to be mad online you know what people don't need to hear your uh hatred you don't need to talk about kemba walker struggles you don't need to talk about brad stevens just 
celebrate the good times and uh, just keep those angry thoughts to yourself because being on mad online is never cool. Not nope, not cool. I <laughs> there are things that I wish the the team had executed better. There were like there are things that I wish were, uh, you know, I wish the 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 rotations were like a little more steady and predictable. And again, like I said, part of that is injuries, but like, I really like this team. I am really hoping that Kemba feels his way back into being like the Kemba Walker that we have seen and are familiar with. And like a beloved player and teammate around the league. Um, And, and I think like that, that Clippers game was so promising and so exciting. And then to just like, I, I think there's so much to like about this team, even the, even when, and this is this is going to sound like it is anti Kyrie Irving, but it is not. I just mean <laughs> this generally as like sometimes you watch a team and when they lose, you're like, I can't believe this guy did this thing again. Um, and, and I don't. There's not a lot of that. There's you know what I mean. There's not a lot of like bad attitude. There's not a lot of like what I what you would consider like a fatal flaw in a team. It's just like they're getting it together and hopefully they'll keep building and and. Uh, play well i mean like they, they play hard on both ends they have two up and coming like superstars marcus smart obviously kemba They're, it's like such a, a a team that i really like and am rooting for and i also i enjoyed rooting for kyrie irving and i um you know i have no animosity towards <laughs> that that uh, outside of that buck series which is tough to watch yeah that when he outside when he gave up on the team and uh made himself switch still, onto Giannis. When I still watch like when I watch Nets games cuz I live in Brooklyn and and they're just on TV, when I watch Nets games, I still watch Kyrie play on offense especially and I go that is I, you like forget because of like how bad a taste his departure left of like oh he didn't want to be here and he, he seemed like he wasn't wasn't in it to win it in that that one series but like a breathtaking offensive player he is the most exciting player to see on offense and to see him live he has an ability to like have the entire crowd go oh yeah and it's like no other I've no other player in the league has been able to just like do what he does with the basketball he's he's amazing it's too bad that the kind of it ended in Boston like that. And I think that's one of the things that I've tried to have like deal with the, uh, as a Celtics fans this season is that some of those past seasons with Kyrie, it was a really, the expectations were so high. And so anything that didn't meet championship level uh, was kind of disappointing. And I went into last season, not really expecting much and was very pleasantly surprised. And so this season I've had to kind of balance this team can be really good yeah. with the, just enjoy it in the moment. You have two top 20 players in the league and like enjoy the ride and who knows what's happened. It's sports. Um, but I think staying present and not letting kind of those championship expectations get to you is the key to kind of staying Zen uh, while following this basketball team. Agreed. Well, I think that's a perfect place uh, to end the podcast. Josh Gondelman, I very much uh, appreciate you joining me here. If you want to listen to Josh, talk to many different people across uh, the comedy world or across who appears on Make My Day podcast? Oh my gosh, it's I'm, I've had so many people across worlds. I've got um, so in the comedy world, Jesus and Mero have been on, um, like Berbiglia, Z Way. Uh, I've had Mina Kimes on from you, you know ESPN, uh, broadcaster, commentator, um, reporter. I'm trying to think of who else from from outside. I've got some some of my favorite musicians coming on soon. So it's yeah, it's been a really a really fun time, and it's a a game show where there's only one contestant so the contestant 
that sounds week. like my kind of game show. Yeah, no stress. It's just all for fun. And then at the end, the the winner donate wins a hundred dollars of donation to whatever charity they want. That's fantastic. And those come out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. And so subscribe to the Make My Day podcast. Subscribe to Anything is Potable, and you'll get uh, more insight from Jay and I as the Celtics continue through this season. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate us five stars. Uh, tell your friends anything that a podcast host would tell you to do. Pretend I said that uh, and uh, do that for Anything is Potable. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Anything is Potable!